This is a story of my life. It chronicles the pain I suffered, yet I survived in all, man all manner of abuse because of teachers, coaches, friends that reached out to me and guided me um, to direct my energy towards positive goals. I learned to forgive and let love transform my thoughts and actions. And that's a, a line from the book called Orange Duffel Bag, um, written by Sam Bracken. And we're excited to have uh, Sam here uh, on our podcast today and, and talk a little bit about his own um, journey, as he does in the book Orange Duffel Bag, uh, A Journey to Radical Change. But we really want to talk a lot about resiliency today, Sam, and, and what, uh, what being resilient does. Um, and, and how do we, how do we become resilient? So I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself a little bit, but then, uh, lead us through some thoughts on, on resilience and, and becoming a, a resilient, uh, person. You got it. Well, I'm Sam Bracken. It's good to be with everybody today. Um, I, uh, I grew up, um, with a little, uh, I grew up in a, in a pretty rough environment, you know, on the fringes of the mob and motorcycle gang members and, and was um, horrifically abused as a kid, was set on fire, used as a human dartboard, brutally beaten. And my early years were full of a lot of, um, a lot of pain and a lot of um, struggle. I found myself homeless at 15. Everything I owned fit in this little orange duffel bag. Yeah, uh, if I can show it to you if you want, but I mean, it's right around in, in the corner over there, but um. You know, and uh, and I had to make some choices. What was happening to me was not good, um, but I did have the choice to 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 respond to those things in a good way. And this is not always uh, something that people know how to do. You know, I was lucky. I had a few people that really um, I could latch onto that really showed me a path to to become better. And um, and the harder things got for me, the better I got. And um, that's not easy. And it requires a key ingredient to do that is resiliency. Without resiliency, it's really hard to learn from uh, your mistakes, learn from the obstacles in the way, um, and those kinds of things. And uh, uh, it's sort of a stoic approach. You know, um, stoicism is an ancient kind of philosophy of the way to live your life. And Marcus Aurelius, the, the last great emperor of Rome, was a was a known Stoic. We have a lot of his writings, and and he, you know, he, his 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 idea here was um, the harder things get, the better you can get. That the obstacle that stands in the way can actually be the way. But to do that, you know, you got to set aside pride and ego, and you got to learn from struggle. You got to course correct so you can win and and, and achieve achieve things. So anyway, that's what I do these days. I help people unleash their talent, become the best they can, and um, figure out how that when, when they're in the midst of struggle to take their energy and put it in things that matter most so they can win and succeed regardless of the environment. Awesome. Uh, you mentioned, Sam, just in that conversation a little bit about uh, a few key people right. who had a huge impact on you and and I guess, in a way, provided those protective factors that are so important in resiliency. Uh, do you mind just sharing a little bit about those individuals and, oh. and, and what they brought into your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of those individuals uh, were uh, teachers. My, um, my English teacher in high school, John Brill, had a huge impact on my life. My high school football coach had a huge impact. 
my best friend Brent Oram and his um, his aunt and uncle Harvey and Arlene Langford. They when I was homeless, they sort of took me in. So you know, there's a couple of families and some key teachers that made all the difference. Um, but the thing about it is, I was sort of easy to help because I was. I decided not to be a victim. I made the choice to say, you know, I can be sad and I can be, you know, frustrated and I can have a chip on my shoulder and woe is me because bad things are happening to me. But um, I just, so I chose to work my butt off and, and have some bold vision and some dreams. And, and people saw that. And because they saw my energy, effort and attitude, they helped me. I don't think that I get that help without that. So the journey to achievement, the journey to becoming resilient and really starts inside, inside of you, you know, choosing to make the best out of every situation. So you, you just mentioned a, a term that just stood out to me and that that's effort. Um, and uh, when we, when we think about effort, um, a lot, sometimes I'm concerned that we think others should guide us through the process and, and we should get things. Um, but, but what is, what is effort? Like in your story in, in the orange duffel bag, uh, you, you, you obviously were a, a decent sized teenager, um, had opportunity to play high school football, but then, um, in the story, you go on to play at Georgia tech mm-hmm. and that's not a, not a small school to play football at. And so, let's just have a conversation about effort a little bit. I, I love that word that, that because sometimes I think we underestimate the need for our own effort. Yeah. Well, effort is everything. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it really is uh, no personal improvement happens without a, a gutsy goal, a clear gutsy goal without leverage and without effort around that leverage that can help you achieve your achieve your goal. You just don't improve without goals and you don't achieve goals without effort. Right. And you can't have effort if you don't have desire. So it's like you can, you know, you're aligned in your life to get exactly what you have. Now there's a global pandemic and that's bad and it's affecting people in bad ways. And there's a lot of obstacles in the, in that are out there, but those are all opportunities to learn. And if you're aligned with results in your life that are less than desirable, it's going to take effort. <laughs> it's going to take a bold vision, desire, and effort to create a new future for yourself, a new destiny to to um, to change what your what your current state is. You know, to get a better future state, you can't do that without effort. And and effort is an internal thing. And uh, it's it's you if you don't make the choice, you won't get the benefit. Okay. No, I appreciate that. That's uh, uh, great to, to hear. So when we, I want to back up just a little bit in our conversation and the effort piece and, and desire and your own energy. Uh, I want to kind of get your take on that, that part about how does a person who may be struggling, um, whether, you know, some increased anxiety or, or depression um, other mental health issues that we've may have faced during COVID, um, in your mind, how do you, how do you get that positive energy that says, I want to put in the effort. I, I want to do better because that, that, that can be hard when we're sitting in this spot right now of, you know, I, I haven't seen all my friends. I've been isolated. Uh, the, um, 
scared of the disease or I'm not scared of the disease or, or whatever it is. But during this time of, of COVID and other times in your life, when, when the positive energy sucked out of you, how do, how do you get the energy back to move forward in those other things? You know, that's a really good question and good insight right now. Um, mental health and mental illness is really rampant. I, I think years from now, we'll look back at this time and we'll see catastrophic things. Catastrophic, we'll have catastrophic outcomes because of the difficulty of these things um, that are that we're facing right now. I've had personal tragedies in my own family, my close family, and I won't go into the details, but they're horrific um, because of mental health and, and, and not getting the proper care. So, if you're struggling with your emotions and you feel sad for more than three days, you're probably depressed in some way or having a depressive episode. And uh, of course, if that feeling doesn't go away, the first, the first thing you need to do is seek mental health treatment, mental health from a mental health professional, you know, get, go to counseling. If you need to get some medicine, get some medicine to, to stabilize your mood without stabilizing your mood it's difficult to dig deep and, and to get um, to get the desire that you need to work harder and to achieve to give effort, um, I like to use this. Um, uh, once you stabilize your mood, I like to give this acronym that I've been using a lot in my coaching called Clear, C L E A R, Clear. Clarity is critical. Um, when you're not clear and you're confused, it opens the door to struggling mentally. Right. And, uh, and, and, and one of the ways that you can rally, rally around um, achievement or pull yourself out of a hole that, you know, is discouraged and depressed is by using clear, taking that energy that you have, however small it might be, and really put it toward clear. Now, the acronym is follows clear C L E A R C stands for clarity, absolute clarity. You have a start a start line, a finish line, and a deadline. You have a gap. You have a future state. You have a current state and a future state. You have some clear goal. And, and the idea here is you get as clear as you possibly can on the goal. Whatever the goal may be, doesn't matter. But it, because, the reason for that is because if you can't see it, you can't see a different outcome. You can't do anything about it. So clarity is the key. Paint the picture. Figure it out. That takes higher brain function. And when you're depressed, it's harder to get that higher brain function. So making sure, make sure you take, you're taking care of yourself physically and you're exercising, even though you may not be in competitive sport right now, still exercise. Take time for silence. Uh, there's a book by Ryan Holiday recently written called Stillness is the Key. This is the idea of getting light um, and energy from taking a moment, clearing your mind filling it with nothingness or just giving yourself time to defrag. When you do that, you open the door to get clear, to get clarity, right? That's the first thing. L stands for leverage. Out of all the things you can do, um, out of all those things, there's a there's hundred things you can do to achieve the goal. What's your highest lever? You know, Archimedes, who's given credit for creating the lever, you know, when you have a, you have a fulcrum and then you have a long stick and you have a bunch of weight here and you pull down this and pushes a bunch of weight up there. A lever is a great analogy um, because when we look at our human, when we look at human behavior and we look at our lives and we look at a goal, 
and we're clear on the goal and we ask ourselves, okay, what's the best way to achieve that goal? What's the best lever? For instance, some um, weight loss, you know, I'm losing some weight. I've lost 20 pounds. I'm trying to lose 25 more. Weight loss um, is a goal. I'm going to go from 290 um, to below 270, 260, I'm going to be 265 by the end of the year. That's a clear goal. It has a gap, right? Now, my lever used to be extreme exercise, <laughs> but I'm an old man now these days. And, and extreme exercise, ain't happening. <laughs> you know, I exercise. I was, the, I was at the gym this morning at 530 and uh, exercise for an hour and a half. Um, but it doesn't, I can exercise every day and I won't lose weight. For me, the key lever is my diet, which is hard because I've just consumed everything, anything I wanted. So these days I have to eat a diet low in carbohydrates, low in sugar, less than 2,500 calories a day. And when I do that, when I, when I act on that lever, guess what? I lose weight every week, you know, pound or two off will come off every week. So L is leverage, find the lever and act on it. The next thing is engagement right? Engagement. That is to be committed, fully committed, 100%, all in. You know, it starts with you. It's like, if, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to lose weight, I got to stop putting things in my mouth and um, that are going to help me, that are going to help me get heavier, right? I got to put things in my mouth that's going to, that's going to help me lose weight, right? That, that is a personal commitment, right? And if I'm not personally committed to it, then I'm not going to get the outcome. Engagement is critical. And keeping track of, um, you know, tracking yourself around the behavior that you've identified is, is going to be critical. That's engagement. If you're not all in, you're not fully engaged. If you're not paying attention, you're not aware, it ain't going to happen. Now, A is something interesting. It's accountability. Now, when I talk about accountability, I'm not talking about um, boss to subordinate or teacher to student accountability. I'm talking about accountability in yourself and accountability with your peers. Surround yourself with positive, powerful people who love and care for you, who trust you, who help you accomplish the goals you want to accomplish in your life. So often we don't understand that who we surround ourselves with their and that, uh, that, that influences who we surround ourselves with influences what we become and that our character making and keeping commitments, doing good things instead of bad things, that really matters. And, and to meet with someone in some kind of accountability fashion in a huddle, I love the analogy of a huddle. First time I ever felt value as a human being was in a football huddle because the color of my skin didn't matter, my being rich or poor didn't matter, being smart or average didn't matter. Um, you know, my, my sexual orientation didn't matter. What mattered was my ability to do a certain job in a team and differences are important, but if, but, but, but the more important thing was winning together as a team. So pulling yourself together with other people, integrating with people who can help you achieve that, what you want to achieve is, is, is really helpful. And that's accountability. And finally, when you're clear, when you have clarity, when you have the leverage, when you're engaged and you, you have people you're accountable to, guess what happens? You produce results and you produce breakthrough results, like monumental results, extreme results, like big time. And, um, and it's funny because when you look at CLEAR, C-L-E-A-R, they, they, they answer these questions. Clarity, C, answers what? What are you going to do? What specifically? Leverage answers how. How are you going to do it? There's a million ways to get any goal done, but what's the best way for you? 
Third, engagement is why. Why are you accomplishing the goal? A compelling reason or motivation. And accountability is when. When are you going to accomplish the goal? When are you going to draw a line in the sand and achieve the goal? And then R is goes back to what? Now that you've accomplished your first goal, what is it you're going to do a second time? Now, I know that was a mouthful, um, but it works, man. And it works every time. It works in business. It works in your professional life. It works in your personal life. It works spiritually. It works intellectually. It just works. And the thing that you need to understand, the biggest thing, is if you have the courage to create a bold, gutsy, bold vision, gutsy goal, you are going to have opposition. It's not going to be free, a free gift because the harder thing, the harder things get, the more energy is going to, re- more focused energy is going to require to achieve that goal. Right? It's up to you. It's up to you. I love that. And uh, I'm just thinking of all the ways I can apply that already in my own life. Uh, there's another line uh, out of your book, um, Orange Duffel Bag, that I, I want to read that that I remembered as you were talking here. And it says, nothing of great value comes without pain, pressure, or struggle. Most of us spend our lives trying to avoid any kind of suffering, but suffering eventually comes to us. It's the great equalizer. And, and without that suffering, that pain, that struggle, and then applying these principles that you just talked about with clear, um, we, we can achieve those results we want, which then again, uh, help us, uh, become uh, more resilient and things like that. The other piece that I love that you talked about was that idea of a huddle. And, uh, I, I did not play football, um, but I have been in a number of huddles in a coaching situation um, and, and like you say, it's that idea of coming away from that, um, taking care of the assignment that I was given, um, it, even in my work as an assistant principal on our assistant superintendent on Monday mornings, uh, our admin team meets and we discuss strategy and what we're going to do. And then you're expected to go away and, and do that assignment. And, and so I really, I love that analogy that you, you shared there about the huddle. Um, a huddle is a great place to make and keep commitments week to week to week, right? Um, whether it's at work or on a sports team, um, it's it's still the principle of doing my best, committing to go do, do something, go do it and come back and say, hey, I did it. And or, hey, I didn't do it and I need your help. And here's how we're going to work together to achieve our goal. There you go. There's another book for you. <laughs> titled, oh, yeah, yeah. titled the huddle. No, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell us a little bit, Sam, just about the the three, right? Three books that you've written. So yeah. Orange yeah, so, Bag. Yeah, uh, Orange Duffel Bag. And then the second book is Unwind Seven Principles for a Stress-Free Life. You know, maybe Austin, if I maybe if I can coordinate a trip as soon as the as, as soon as I can get to Canada, like it's hard to get to Canada right now. That's really hard. <laughs> but but for business, I think you can, but but um uh, my second book, it's a bestseller. It's called Unwind, Seven Principles for a Stress-Free Life. And this is about, this is taking the seven habits of highly effective people that Dr. Uh, Stephen R. Covey wrote, um, and it's applying it to the concept of mindfulness okay. and how to decrease stress and anxiety and how to live in the moment. Um, uh, 90% of our stress and anxiety is, about, is connected to the uncertainty of the future and our regret of the past. 
And right now, right here and now in this moment on this podcast with you, looking at, at me looking at the screen with you here, there's nothing stressful about this moment. If I can live in the moment and let worry and regret go where it needs to go and not in my, and not in my body, there's power in that. And, and being, um, being able to unwind on a regular basis, being able to rid yourself of those stresses and anxieties has a lot to do with being able to focus. And, and the book clearly talks about that. And the third book is called Guts. Um, and it's about finding purpose and passion um, and living with purpose and passion and accomplishing goals. This, goal, this book is very, very targeted at um, achieving, um, achieving great things, right? Using your head, your heart, and your gut to make decisions, to you look at the data, find, you know, learn, learn the subjects, look at the data, um, use your intellect, um, having you be in touch with your emotions, understand your EQ, your emotional quotient, right? Your intellect, your, your emotions, and then your gut, you have a brain in your gut, your gut knows what to do before your brain and your heart can sort through it, right? But when you have all of them in, in alignment, your head, your heart and your gut, you rarely make the wrong decision. So that's what that book's about. So I do these, um, I have hundreds of videos I've done on my YouTube channel called, um, you know, it's Sam Bracken 67, but I do these two minute, these one minute, two minute gut checks. I do these two minute gut checks that really give people really sort of um, a piece of wisdom that can help them for the day. Awesome. So um, one thing I would like to, to get out of this uh, conversation, and, and you brought it up at the very beginning about uh, coaches, teachers, your best friends, grandparents, but during this challenge of, of COVID and, and we know kids have you know, missed out on graduations or sports or proms or whatever, but what, what piece of advice would you give to those mentor pieces that help build resilience in kids? And then the second part of that, what advice would you give kids right now? Right. Um, so to the mentors, um, teachers, coaches, et cetera, and then to the kids, what, what kind of advice would you give them during this challenging and, and kind of difficult time? Right. So for teachers and coaches, I, I guess my first bit of advice is to really um, understand that we're all suffering. Right. This gets to the a point you made a little bit ago. Um, this idea of empathy that we all suffer and we all have pain. And as a coach and a teacher, um, as a counselor at school, as you're looking and you're working with these young people, um, understand that they're suffering, man. They are suffering, especially the, the kids that are having to have troubled home lives. Right. And if they're not being able to do extracurricular activities and their home and their home maybe is abusive. Um, it can be hell. It can be hell. Um, right now, we're seeing a 50 in the United States, we're seeing a 59% increase in, um, in divorces since March, year over year. Um, and there's a lot of domestic violence on the, on the rise. There's, there's, um, there's a lot of abuse going on at home. There is uh, self injurious behavior. There's a lot of, lot of things that are connected to mental illness because of the constraints that people are under. The first thing is to be aware, use all your senses and care for your students, care for your kids um, enough to understand and be curious, not in a way that's, that's offensive, just love them man. love them and be curious and listen to them. The most important thing you can do as a teacher, counselor, or coach 
is know your students and listen to them. Not listen with the, not listen to them to give them an answer or to teach them a topic. Listen to them to understand. Listen to them to gain empathy. Listen to them to open the doorway to love. Because if you if you do that right, you will have you will earn the right to teach them anything. A lot of times as educators and coaches, we have all this knowledge and all this information, right? And we want to just give it to kids. We want to give it to them. We want to test their competency and have them do, you know, get grades and all this kind of stuff. But if we, if we look at, if we look at each student individually and we say, I need to know what's going on in their life. I need to know about them. And I need to show and demonstrate that. So I earn the right to teach them anything. That is really a hard, that's a hard, that's a hard paradigm to have. But when you can do it, it makes all the difference as a teacher, counselor, and coach. As far as kids, right, um, the best thing they can do um, is, is go to trusted people that they know when they're having struggles mentally or when they're, when they're emotionally upset or when they're not getting some things, you know, my 14 year old daughter last, um, last February is, was in eighth grade and she came home from school and didn't start up school for six or seven months. And now she's going back to school in a hybrid, in a hybrid fashion, you know, two days on, three days off. And she does a lot of online learning. Well, she, she wasn't used to online learning. She wasn't used to that. And, and it went from like instructor-led learning to online learning 100%. And this was really hard for her. And we tried to help her. And she, it was all self-paced too. So there was no one encouraging her. We just, we would ask her about her assignments and she would say, yeah, I've done them. And well, in, you know, three months into this, we inspect what we're asking her and she's way behind. She's getting F's in every class. And this is a, she's an A student. And we're like, what the hell? What's going on? It's crazy. It was crazy town. So um, the self-paced online learning was not optimal for, um, for education, for learning. So Kim and I had to do an intervention, man. We had to do some intervening and, you know, we had to have some clearing conversations with her and, we had to say, you know, because she didn't do well in school and privileges in our home are connected to performance at school, she lost privileges this summer, this summer, and it was not good, not good. But then we created a plan, a clear plan to do better in the fall. And when school started up, man, Kim was fully engaged. I'm fully engaged. And we're, we're showing up for her in ways that help her. She still has the struggle with self-paced online learning, but she at least has more interaction with her teachers and she can get the help she needed. In the end, what, 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 what created the problem for her was pride and ego and shame um, to ask for help, right? She had too much pride, too much ego, and was living in shame, um, and she wouldn't ask for help. Like, she tried to hide it from us. We're like, Hannah, what are you doing? Like, like we're here to help you. Good grief, you know? Like, we know it's hard, and, and now we've sort of gotten past that, and now we're just like, okay, what are we doing every every week? Let's let's get a clear path. Let's let's review our goals. Let's find out where our leverage is. Our leverage, you know, if we want straight A's, our leverage is homework and test preparation. And you know, you have to have a goal. 
You have to be committed and we're going to hold you accountable every week and you'll produce, you'll get the results that you want. And then you'll get even more than the privileges you've had in the past. So hope, hopefully that was a long way to answer your question, but ask, you know, the, ask for help, <laughs> ask for help, man. That's it. Yeah, for sure. It's well, not a, it's not a pro, I mean, it's not a sin. Ask for help. It makes all the difference. Well, Sam, I really appreciate you coming on our podcast today. Uh, I know our, our tour through Westwind School Division uh, about a year ago, uh, we met with all of the grade 6 through 12 kids in, uh, in all of our schools in that age group and, and the impact that, uh, that your story had on, on students and on, on myself. Uh, we had some discussions as we traveled, and I really appreciated those and knowing your story, the challenges you went through as an individual, and and seeing your accomplishments. And and so there's one line, again, from Orange Duffel Bag that I just want to read because I think it's important um, because not, of all, not all of our goals and, and all the things we talked about necessarily happened. So I just want to read this line and then have you conclude with any final thoughts you, you have. So it says, even if you get only part of the way to where you wanted to go, you'll be much further along than most people. And, and I think that's true. Sometimes we all have goals. Uh, we, we get some of the way and, and then things change for us. And then we have to redirect and refocus and, and follow, uh, again, the, the formula you gave us of clear um, and help, those, um, help us move through those moments of difficulty so we can become resilient. But uh, I just want to give you any closing comments. Well, you know, as you, as you have the courage to create a gutsy goal and use clear in your life, the very first thing you're going to do is you're going to fail, right? You're going to try and you're going to fail and you're going to try and you're going to fail. It's going to be like this. Try, fail, try, fail. And then a lot of times people will tell you to try harder try harder. Well, then you're still trying and failing, trying and failing. And what happens is you get used to trying and failing all the time. This creates like a black hole and sucks all the life out of you. So what what, what I like to say is the definition, going back to our original topic about resiliency, right? What resiliency is, is try, fail, try, fail, and then say, wait a minute, this ain't working right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result right? That's what Einstein taught us. But, but resiliency, I believe, or tenacity is to try, fail, learn, learn why you failed, then adjust, course correct, so that you can win or succeed. So it, it, it breaks you out of the orbit of the black hole and helps you get into a new, new atmosphere, a new, a new trajectory, a trajectory with greater possibility. And in the end, we can impact that. We bad things happen to everybody, and how we respond can be good. We can learn from failures, course correct, adjust to win. That's that's within our our capability individually. It's your choice. Now, not everybody knows how to do that. We're here to help you do that, right? And um, it's the best most significant trait you can have, regardless of what you do in your life, is resilient, be resilient, have tenacity, make make goals and achieve the goals. You'll never regret it. Most people walk around their lives just doing what they do and they get what they, what they get what they get. 
regardless of whether it's good or bad. You can drive your own boat. You can create your own outcomes, create your own destiny. It's an honor and privilege to spend time with you. And, and one of I travel all over the world, man. And my trip, my trip to, to Carson was one of my most favorite trips in the last 10 years. I love you all. And I'm so grateful um, for all of you. And I hope to see you soon. And um, I'm here. I'm here for you. If you need me, we can do Skype classes, whatever. Let's just do what we got to do to to help you. Like, I'm just, that's all my, that's my thing, man. That's all. That's what I love to do. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming. And, and if uh, the COVID era ends and the border opens, uh, we'd sure love to have an invitation to have you come back up and, and uh, enjoy uh, our, our beautiful uh, area here. But um, again, we appreciate your story. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, and uh, we're so glad again to have uh, um, Sam Bracken join our podcast today.